Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 35 of Extra Lore, recorded live on Jan- or February 1st. Wow, it's already February 1st. I mm-hmm. out. Over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look again at Halo. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. This, as always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eyed Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How has the week treated you so far? Really, really good. And I'm actually going to announce it kind of for the whole Focus Fire Chat family. I've I've kind of been dropping hints in different places, but Julia and I are under contract and we're going to close on our very first home here in a, a less than a month now we got the inspection done the contract is set in stone um the only thing that will stop us from getting the house now is ourselves and if we just freak out and change our minds which i doubt is going to happen so um lots of crazy things have been happening and i've been super busy with that but today was the inspection and we got an all clear for it so i'm in good mood nice nice that's always that's awesome yeah that's Mm -hmm. always always great hearing so oh Man, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. We we've been in our house for eight years now, seven years. Yeah, and it was still it's stressful it's like, to get to that. Point. It is like I still I remember yeah. I remember when we first purchased our house and like the 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 weird combo of stress and adrenaline rushing because mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's not a small purchase. <laughs> no, and then no. you have like. <laughs> you have to deal with like the loan officer and yeah. the broker yeah, we're sorry. and then the inspector. We're sorry for that. I apologize and, for my coworkers oh my on that one. Oh my gosh. Uh, our loan officer worked his tail off for us. Nice. We literally, to tell you how fast this has happened, last Tuesday, Julie went and did this um, first time homeowners class. If we weren't even trying to buy, like, we were learning about how to buy a house. We hadn't even started to try to buy a house yet. And by Friday, after that Tuesday night class at like 9 p.m., by Friday, we had our loan approval. Nice. Nice. This Wednesday, we had our contract. So we've done this in less than two weeks from start to finish. Yeah, and I know Let's, in that area, too, how's the market, though? Is it pretty vol- Is it pretty fast-paced? It is. Um, okay. It is a fast-paced market, but we're qualifying for a very specific type of housing that not a lot of people tend to qualify for. Ah, so that okay. gave us a leg up. Yeah. Okay. 
but yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind and that is a hundred percent my wife. She has, she's done this all by herself in a lot of ways because she's had to do a lot of the financing stuff and all of the loan stuff. And she's been talking to people left and right. And she's, she's a beast. She's <laughs> nice. an utter beast. That's awesome. I'm I'm just, yeah, it's just so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, of course, as you can probably imagine when we talk about Halo, uh, we are going to just hand over the complete, you know, all of the reins to our good friend, Pins Halo. Uh, Pins, how are you? How are you doing? Glad to have you back because I don't know what we'd do if you weren't here. I don't know why you guys keep having me back, but I'm glad to be Um We love you. That's and, why. And, well, thank you. And yeah, trusting me with the keys, it's like, really? Um, Don't wreck it. (laughs) It's okay. It's a short bus. We'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Pins, you you have, you have experience with tanks, right? It's, it's pretty similar. You just, we have really Uh low turn. We have a really low turn ratio and we don't move really fast. So that's Uh, only if Justin's not here. (laughs) Well, considering I drove a tank, a 60 ton tank an hour. Which is an awesome feeling, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you're, Whee! <laughs> I, you know, it, 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 yeah, I won't, I won't just go off on that. But uh, no, it's it's been it's been a long week. I'm glad it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of glad to be here as a as a nice break. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm always gl- always up for talking Halo. So well, we enjoy having you here. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Um, so real quick, let's run through standard intros and then we'll jump right into it. In our last extra lore episode, we took a brief look at dishonored. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out focusfirechat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of focus fire chat. If you don't mind, please rate. And if you can review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcast reviews in particular are extremely helpful as they help us show up on charts. And that helps others find the FFC community to those of you who've already taken the time to leave us a review. Thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. With the Extra Lore series, we delve into a game series other than Destiny for a full month, giving the group a chance to get a feel for the other games that our community loves to play. As with the normal chat topics, Extra Lore is decided by the community through a monthly poll. After the month's discussion has come to an end, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the chat for those who are unable to participate. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. Extra Lore for February is going to be a discussion on the lore of Nier, so be sure to jump into the Discord server and weigh in on that conversation. With all that out of the way, Pins, where do you think the best place to start is when looking for a really basic understanding of the Spartan program from Halo? Okay. All right, so um, again, talk about the Spartans and mainly the entire Spartan program and its history, uh, which is more, I mean, everyone knows about the twos, the Spartan threes and the fours, uh, but they, <clears throat> the Spartans actually go back much farther uh, than that. Um, the one thing that I, I want to just mention here before we go too far down this road, this road um, especially with the, the Spartan two and Spartan three programs, there's going to be... There is a lot of mention in discussions about those programs about 
ethical and moral behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do it too. You have a tendency to use those. And in reality, they're, they're really two separate items. I mean, ethics are um, both are used to determine right, wrong, good, bad in, in its simplest terms. Um, but one is based on a set of rules um, that are that are set down. Um, doctors, lawyers, they have codes of ethics mm-hmm. uh, to follow. Morals are more personal beliefs. Now, they may be based upon stuff like a religious tenet or legal ethics more, or uh, medical ethics, things of that nature, but it is a personal belief. While, uh, and that, but that's, that's the morality part. Ethical, again, is based upon um, set rules. So you can have something that's ethical and, but is exceeding, exceedingly questionable on a, on a moral standpoint and vice versa. So, um, this, you can't go through a talk about the history of the Spartans without that coming up and kind of put that out there. I mean, Halsey making some of the decisions she made, the military yeah. making their decisions. Yeah. There's going to be some questionable things. <clears throat> yeah. And I'll put this out there now. Whenever you're talking about the Spartan program, I'm going to really make an effort. You can't talk about it without mentioning Catherine Halsey. Mm-hmm. I am going to try not to get distracted on that <laughs> and go down that path because what? There's you know, no rabbit hole there. No. I mean, we did a whole episode it, on it. It's a black <laughs> hole. That's what it yeah. is. It'll suck me in, and I won't. <laughs> That's what'll happen. Okay. <laughs> if you'd like to hear that episode, check out one of our former episodes with Penn's Halo, where we talk explicitly for about three hours about <laughs> Catherine Halsey. <laughs> yes, and we didn't even really get all the way. Yeah, no, we didn't. All right. So <clears throat> the the roots of the Spartan program actually in the Halo universe actually go back up through the 20th century and even into the second century. Um, <clears throat> back when humanity had started to colonize uh, Sol, uh, our solar system, um, they, it was discovered that um, interplanetary travel ha- put a lot of stress on the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, so... To help cope with that, certain augmentations were given to those spacefarers. Um, of course, you know, as you have expansion, which happens every time in human history when you have exp- the colonies at some point in time start to garner their own beliefs and values. And mainly um, what you started to see in the 22nd century were political factions based upon um, either communistic ideal communistic ideals, which were known as the Kozlovics, and then the uh, freedom movement, which is more of a fascist-type ideal. You ended up with a massive civil war that started. Um, and, of course, the military, looking for an advantage, started the augmentations that were given just to space travelers were looking to give that to their soldiers to make to make them better, stronger, faster. Um, of course, at the time, um, <clears throat> they were, any type of augmentation was, you know, Think of it this way, steroids, um, you know, uh, adrenaline shots, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, not, no, nothing really on the biochemical level. It was, you know, well, I guess that would chemical or steroids, but, um, you know, no, like, um, surgeries for augmentations. Um, that, you know, so once, um, at that point in time, once you, they got through that, those part of the interplanetary wars, that's kind of when um, you started to have the next big wave of colonization, which is what would, would become the inner colonies. Um, 
So the oh, hold on, I'm sorry here. Um, so it was in 2321 that Oni started what they deemed the Orion Project, and it was named after the Greek uh, hero Orion. Um, and it, it, its aim was to build upon the research done before on bioengineering and things like things of that nature to create better, stronger, and faster soldiers. Um, their initial batch was five candidates. They were all <laughs> volunteers from the military forces, and they went through a number of testing and augmentations. Now, there's no specific text to what type of augmentation they did, um, but the the results really weren't there. And eventually, the um, project was declared ineffective, and it was shut down. Now, one thing to note is every member of <clears throat> um, of that experiment. Within a year after they were returned back to their units, they all. <laughs> so. Was uh, it just because of the adult aspect of it at that point? Because I'm trying to remember. I'm re- remembering back from reading some of the Halo yeah. books that it just. The augmentations didn't really work with them. I, like they weren't able to handle it or. Yeah, there, there's not a lot written about that particular time in. There's not a lot of stuff in Halo lore about that particular time. Um, but. It would, it, it, while there's no specifics, pretty. Uh, it would be safe to say that they probably started moving beyond just the basics, like like I said, steroids or adrenaline shots, and getting into some of the enhancements that you would later see in the Orion Project, the, that founding. And it was probably that they didn't have the technology hadn't advanced enough, and they were dealing with highly experimental drugs. That mm-hmm. um, and because it was experimental, they probably had no baseline. So, uh, real quick, pens, <clears throat> your mic yeah. cut out just a little bit there. What oh, what happened within sorry. a year of their being reintroduced to the unit? Oh, um, within a year after they reintroduced to um, their units, they the five volunteers all died. Okay, they yeah. all died. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, no. You're fine, your friend. Chat, chat. Okay, me. I just wanted to call that out. Um, and the other thing too, remember okay. with the Orion project was that they didn't have Mjolnir's. Right. Well, this was actually pre-Orion. Oh, this okay, was, okay, okay. This right. was pre-Orion, yes, which is actually next. Um, so in 2491, at that point in time, it was the colonial military, uh, which, oddly enough, really Oni really wasn't deeply involved at this mm-hmm. point. Um, they relaunched Orion. Um, so they did the research, looked at what happened in the past with the five soldiers, and wanted to create soldiers who could... Um, be deployed behind enemy lines, stop insurgency, things like that. Um, at that point in time, it was headquarters, headquarters reach. Um, so what they ended up doing, um, so what they did, they started off with 65 test subjects. Um, the type of augmentations that done for the Orion are um, muscular enhancement, pulmonary respiratory enhancements, tuning, Mental augmentations to help learning uh, capabilities, so they could adapt faster to the other changes that were uh, that were in, brought into place. Um, enhanced motor skills, um, so and, and things of that nature. Now, unlike that very first uh, test, all sixty-five of those uh, candidates actually made it all the way through training. And um, in January of twenty-four ninety-six was. First time um, a organized group of in super soldiers 
were deployed. Uh, it was part of Charlemagne, uh, which Op was which operation? Charlemagne. Okay. Um, which was a that was in response to uh, at this point in time, you started to see again colonial secessionists. Um, they had initiated a series of attacks on Ptolemy, uh, okay. and this was the response to it. Mm -hmm. um, their attack had resulted in numerous deaths, you know, civilian, government officials, things of that nature. Um, so, like I said, in, in January, that, that was the only time all 65 were deployed in mass, uh, and it, they scored a decisive victory with casualties. Uh, okay. So, it wasn't long after that that. Um, that the UNSC um, decided to up the funding, uh, and they gained another hundred, um, another hundred uh, candidates. Um, so throughout throughout the life of Orion, the individual successes spurred all kinds of stories um, about uh, you know about the uh, super soldiers. Um, one of the big scores that they have is they were actually able to recover a non-official. Uh, list of undercover operatives in uh, positions of power within the colonial military administration. And so it was, they were able to purge out a separatist uh, sympathizers um, as well, which was also a really big coup uh, for the Orion team. Um, so, but um, what ended up happening was the insurgents started to know how, learned how to react and um, became more difficult to root out. And their bombings and, and things of that nature, they became more effective to um, avoid conflict or meeting up with some of the Orion uh, or coming against that. This, of course, spurred the UNSC to spend more money and, um, and add more um, candidates to the Orion program. At, at its highest, there were 300 members of Orion. And one of them was a uh, soldier from New Chicago, Avery Johnson, who anyone who's ever played, played Halo <laughs> knows mm -hmm. who Johnson is. Um, oh, I know what the lead like. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. What is it? What did it say? 60 tons of divine intervention? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> divine intervention. <laughs> if giving is love, you can call me stupid. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Pens. I don't know break. if I can handle. Yeah, it's for like a break. he flew pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, okay. intervention. So yes, before before I go down that road. Um, but one of the things that they started to see, um, and you're Reg, you might, yeah, you're right. Without Johnson, Halo Two specifically. Um, what they started to see though in the late. Uh, in the late 25th century um, was that some of the members of Orion, even though there was a ton of success, um, they started to, there were some flaws that started to come out. Uh, there was a lot of PTSD that was appearing. Um, a lot of the soldiers, latent um, sympathies towards the rebels. So they were becoming, you know, they weren't as effective. Um, and they even started having those that went through that, in the, some of the later batches, some that went through augmentation, um, after they would go through augmentation, there'd be a post-training. They refused to do that, and so they would be incarcerated. Um, and so even with all the success that Orion had, scientists kind of still felt that they, they fell short of the hope. They thought that even as good as they were, 
thought they'd be better. Okay. Um, and again, because what what would later be determined as because of the of the candidates, um, the genetic modifications and the immune immunosuppressants that were supposed to be put in place, um, they failed. So okay. you start again. You started trying have a lot of physical problems, a lot of mental problems, and, you know, break down. Um, so this was kind of at, this was kind of marking the, the tail end of the Orion project. Um, one of the, one of the last um, major operations was Operation Kaleidoscope. Um, it was, the goal was to eliminate a uh, leader of the secessionist union, one of the groups, and uh, by the name of Gerald uh, Ander. And the, the assassination was carried out by N. Avery Johnson. Um, because he was such a key leader, uh, he actually, it actually broke that portion, the success, the, the, um, the secessionist union. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, but it really didn't pacify the outer colonies, but it did put a big dent. Um, so as by 2506, Orion was, um, there were 165 remaining. Um, some of them were, were really starting to show, uh, problems, degenerative, um, medical issues, physical, mental issues. Um, those that were still able to, able to, uh, contribute and function normally were reassigned to other special operations. You know, again, one of those was Avery Johnson. He continued to serve until, you know, he was in his seventies when he died, which was four decades after Ryan, uh, was, was ended. Um, in many cases, uh, some of the issues that stemmed f- that the Orion uh, candidate showed was mm-hmm. stemmed as uh, what, what became known as Boren syndrome. Okay. What is that? Like, is it spe- just specifically because of all of this or like, what are the symptoms of it? It's a neurological condition. Um, it was used mainly as a, as a cover up by Oni. Um, okay. Tumors, migraine, uh, you know, you know, this, uh, things of that nature. Um, again, many of the side effects that were, um, that came from the Orion program, the, the physical problems, the degenerative problems, the, you know, those kind of breakdowns, they were all kind of lumped in as Boren syndrome. And there is, there was some talk that that's actually, those augmentations are why, uh, Johnson may not have been infected with the flood at the end okay. of Halo CE. Um, that's, I don't think that's actually ever been identified. I think that was a fan theory. But uh, it's one all of us love to actually kind of hold on because it just makes Johnson that fast. So um, at that point in time, um, the with the cancellation of the Orion program, um, what ended up happening is Oni and the UNSC, they kept tinkering, researching, and whatnot, but they weren't there, they weren't willing to spend the money on it, you know, especially because while they had a lot of success, they felt that it wasn't enough to justify keep going with it, especially once you started seeing problems with, you know, you're heavily, you've got these essentially super soldiers that are flawed. Right. You couldn't control, uh, especially, you know, if you had some that started sympathizing with rebels, what happens if they decide to go over the rebels? Um, so what ended up happening is uh, four years after the closeout of Orion, 
a scientist by by the name of Elias Carver. Um, I'm sorry, this was in the late this is twenty this was late in the 25th century. Elias Carver came up with this. Uh, he was a scientist who worked with Oni and came up with this finding that um, predicted an outbreak of major hostilities um, throughout the throughout the, colon, the, the colonized uh, human colonized space. Okay. Um, to the point where you know millions would die. It would last years, um, and the only way to really stop it would be to try to to nip it in the bud sooner rather than later. It was more predictive kind of thing. Kind of like uh, somebody we know in the Destiny universe who predicted that the darkness would come. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Kind yeah. of. Yeah, but a little kind bit more wishy-washy, yeah. too, because it was a little political in nature as well with this oh. particular individual. Okay. Yeah, and um, Oni actually did their own evaluation, and they, you know, they kind of they did their own research and they found that um the 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 fi- the fi- the findings matched up based okay. upon now they were still basing it upon Carver's theory mm-hmm. but it showed that eventually there would be a massive war now this kind of made Carver a darling of the UNSC and the colonial military administration so he did a lot of speeches and you know went in you know visited colleges and essentially was like a, a paid speaker, uh, for that. Um, so, and, you know, so, and he actually would become very high in demand. So in 2507, he would be speaking at one of the, one of the, uh, um, a, a college and a social mixer <laughs> where a particular 15 year old prodigy who had read everything up on Carver came up to him and told him that while the theory was right, he was using he was using the um, parameters. Carver okay. was basing everything off of seven. This oh, prodigy, so shocker! This, yes, this prodigy said, "No, you needed to team." Which what number was it? S- Sixteen. Okay. So, and this prodigy did that in their head. Yes, pretty much. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, Carver didn't really like being called out by, you know, a 15-year-old, no matter the fact that they were working on their second doctorate at the time, uh, um, and just kind of straight up dismissed the person. Three guesses on who it is in the first... Um, <clears throat> Halsey? Yes. This doesn't end well, though, for any no, no. of them. No, it doesn't. Not not in the least. Uh, it is, like I said before, you kind of have to touch on Halsey, but I'll try not to go down the rabbit um, One of the things that Halsey said, I mean, at that time, even she admitted in her journal that she was a bit brash. And She was young. Life, well, yeah. Well, and you know, the consequence of this confrontation is kind of something that haunts her, too. Yes, um, it ended up that not, I think within a couple of years after that meeting, um, Carver um, killed himself. Um, he, what he couldn't, what he started the question was, did he actually predict the, that this was going to happen no matter what? Or did he or, cause it? Yes, that was yeah. the whole thing. And he, he could not um, reconcile that. And it mm-hmm. drove him to the point where he, he would kill himself. So, um, Quick background on Halsey. Uh, she was born in the outer. Uh, 
Obviously, she was a prodigy. Uh, she attended the Endymion Gifted Academy, which was the home, which was her home world. Um, and uh, she was she caught the eye of the Dean of Biological Science at the Cultured Browning University on the world of circumstance. This, uh, she was born on. The, you said the outer colonies. Yes. She, okay. It, that's one of the that's one of the neat ironies of the whole thing. Oh God! Yeah. She she came from the outer colonies. Yet, if once we kind of get into it, the almost all the Spartans were kidnapped. Who were, that were Spartan twos kidnapped were kidnapped from outer colony worlds. It's probably more of a coincidence than anything, based upon how they were chosen and the method that they used to, cho- to choose them. But mm-hmm. it's still one of those interesting little notes there about that. Um, so in, like I said, in 2501, the Dean essentially offered her a trip to the university where she would start. Studying. Um, they completely funded her education. He said she completed her second thesis. In- and it was at this point that she met the, the, uh, the meeting with Carver happened. Um, it was also at that meeting that she caught the eye of officer, Captain Michael Stanforth, who eventually would be, um, Admiral Stanforth in in charge of Oni uh, Division Three, okay, is the one that actually uh, was in in charge of the Spartan program. The funny thing was, um, Halsey was actually looking to do research in AI, AI, uh, and that's really what she was trying to get funding for. You know how how to make AI more effective? How do they last long? Halsey was looking for uh, funding for her AI research. Well. Before she would be given that funding, the UNSC said, okay, we need you to proof this model. The model that they off- they wanted her to proof was Carver's. Um, Halsey being Halsey decided to evaluate it using Carver's model, which was using the basis of seven, and she also ran it using her basis of 16. When these ran, Carver's model showed that um, using the seven parameters would show that there would be war would break out within 20 years. Her model of using 16 said it would be much sooner within, within a decade, and then that the minimum would be 30 years of war and 5 billion dead. Um, the maximum would be a pretty much a new, um, another dark age. That's, that's, that's intense. And this is to the point where they were already spread across the galaxy. As, well, not the galaxy, but uh, mm-hmm. Seoul specifically right they were in the outer colonies uh, and everything I think at, they were, at this point they were actually i mean they were kind of across the galaxy were they? too they they, okay. yeah, they 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 had they had uh harvest planets and that's that's where the outer colonies that's why part of the because uh, remember this is the innerverse outer colonies the innies and the right. out the outers were uh they were starting to run into resource crunch really is also what was going on too Okay. So it's a it's a taxation situation, kind of. Kind of, uh, the outer colonies weren't getting the prestigious treatment that the inner colonies would get or Earth would get, but they were providing a lot of. You know, it's it's a, it's a pretty, I mean, standard, you know, yeah, yeah. imperial I mean, imperial conquest expansion thing, and then your outer colonies start getting a little jealous because they're doing all the oh, hard yeah. work, and the inner colonies are reaping all the benefits, which is where the the model that pins is kind of talking about that's kind of where you see the the political dangers and that's why ultimately the the original thought the original thinker commits suicide right is because he's like yeah, did i Carver, did i he, 
did I create this problem or did I just recognize the pattern? Yeah. And, you know, not, not really being a scientist, I can, but you know, you can kind of see where anyone who puts that kind of theory out that says, okay, we're predicting this to avoid Mm -hmm. it. We need to do this. Okay. Well, the question is in your actions of doing it, do you actually cause what's occurring Mm -hmm. or not? Is your prediction a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So, and just one thing of note, um, the initial wave of colonization and what became the inner colonies, the um, UNSC and United Earth Government actually had a very tight control over who was colonizing, which made them a little less likely to be rebellious. There still was some, but when, but not nowhere nearly as much. The second wave, it really wasn't the best and brightest anymore. It was those people who were looking to get away from something, escape from something, who were bristling underneath the control of the UNSC or the UEG. So it was a little bit more ripe for uh, rebellion. Well, and you also had they were being moved out to Agrigarian. You know, they didn't they didn't right. need the best and brightest because they had machines to do the thinking. They just needed muscle. They just, Pretty much, they yeah. just needed people yeah. to pick up stuff and move it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Halsey goes ahead and presents this to Oni, uh, and what she found out at that time was that Oni actually had redone everything, essentially mirrored her work, or let me back up here. Oni had been working on this for about three or four years and spent a ton of money and essentially came up with the same idea that she did, that it was going to happen a lot sooner. It was going to be a lot worse than what Carver had predicted. Um, so this is now, this is just my opinion. Um, it's my belief that Oni did this deliberately. They, someone young and idealistic like Halsey, who was, you know, driven and especially one that they wanted to bring in, but they knew they couldn't straight recruit her. They essentially needed her to convince herself to be recruited. So yeah, (laughs) I think they essentially even. (laughs) You mean Oni had an ulterior motive? What? Shocker. Shocking. Um, I mean, a lot of her mentors and everything really didn't want to be, you know, Halsey being Halsey, decided she was going to do that. So um, while she did also do work on AI work, uh, which was what her initial thing was, um, what she did also do was um, review the Orion program and you know, to see what its shortcomings were and how you avoid those shortcomings in the future. Now, this is where lays the entire ground for the Spartan II program. Um, and it's important to note that at this time, it was this was all still theoretical. And Halsey herself really wasn't sure if she would, if this was the right way to go. Um, so she had three main points. The first one was the United candidates were too, at that point in time, the, the body wasn't able to adapt to all of the augmentations that had to be done. So the only way to avoid that was in the fragmentation, especially that what happened later on was they had to use a group had to be of an age where their DNA DNA was more malleable and quicker to adjust and to repair. Uh, The second part was the genetic screening of the Orion project, the Orion candidate. uh, They just called out for volunteers, came in, did some real basic tests, blood tests, you know, compatibility, things of that nature but not the real in-depth kind of research and, and evaluation that you, if you want to get the most out of patients do. Um, and 
Now, the question was, how do you get this? And her thought was to use the um, outer colony vaccination program because the outer colonies, they didn't like anything, you know, they were uh, very much against, you know, the inner colonies, all the rules for, for the colonial administration authority, the UNSC. But the one thing they would do is accept vaccinations. So you had this massive database of this, the entire, most of the entire population uh, of um, the outer colonies that you could use, you could find, you could set the standards and then just run a program to find those people that match that standard. Because mm-hmm. this isn't a conspiracy um, theorist, like, wet dream at all. No, not the least. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Right, uh, but I mean, but at the same time, no, it's no. like, from a data standpoint, it, she's, she's correct. Oh, yeah. And the, la- and the last thing was, um, like I said, it was found that a lot of the sympathies to the insurgents Again, to the point where some of them refused to participate in some of the post-augmentation training and were jailed. So to avoid that, the candidates needed to be indoctrinated. Now, this is not brainwashing. It is more strict training and development and things of that nature, although you might argue that is a form of brainwashing in and of itself. <laughs> but specifically, no. but specifically to, to the, the traditional brainwashing kind of thing would not work because people can break that or may break that. So it's more of a instilling a belief in it and whatnot, which in all fairness, that's what most militaries do during camp. They mm-hmm. indoctrinate you, you know, you know, it's training. It's, you know, if you do stuff good, you know, get stuff the basics of, if you do well, you get stuff. If you do poorly, you're doing push-ups forever. Right. But <laughs> the difference here is that that's not being done to like, five-year-olds correct now the in in close out of this based upon everything what they needed to do was get young children to do this because they're they're young enough that their dna is malleable it would repair much better they would accept the augmentations better they'd be able to adapt them faster and then um training from a young age yeah you could indoctrinate them now and i, I remember saying this in the hall i say it again one of the key things, and this is in Halsey's journal, she admitted that from a purely logical and scientific sense, everything made sense. This is what you needed to do. But she herself said that there was so much to reflect on, I need time to think. There were serious moral and ramifications to this. I take it as she wasn't fully convinced to move this. There are some, there are some who disagree with me, but uh, that, that's just my, that's my thought on it. Now, as a weird twist of fate, about 10 days after she completed her operation, the, there was a suicide bombing for Freedom and Liberty that detonated a nuclear explosive that was packed in cadmium, which is a, which is a poisonous metal, in, on, the, on a city on the planet uh, Memorial. This killed 2 million people, injured 8 million more, and essentially rendered the planet nearly inhabitable with, in, uninhabitable. Okay. Because, Can I uh, pause you a second? Yep. Two things to clarify. Who detonated it and what planet was it? My, son, I'm sorry. It was the Freedom and Liberation Party. This okay. was this was a uh, the, these were ins- they they fell under the the umbrella of the insurrectionists. Okay. The planet was Mamor, M A M O D. Okay. And uh, like I said, it it killed two million, injured eight million more, and essentially rendered the planet 
un, uninhabitable um, because all the radioactive because <clears throat> the cadmium that was thrown uh, thrown out um, essentially yeah. made yeah it was like a super poisonous dirty bomb and yeah, okay poisonous and would lead to birth defects for generations to come. Um, probably best way to describe it would be imagine the descriptions of what happened at Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Okay. But on a planetary scale. Yikes. And it's also in a planet that really wasn't super aggressive to anybody, which was no, just planet. randomly. No, the planet was actually loyal to. <sighs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's so much worse. That's why. Oh yeah, no. That's why in mm-hmm. Halsey's journal, she like loses her mind in the entry. She's beyond pissed about it because it's. I mean, yeah, that's exactly the thing. Is like who? Why? What, why? What they, monsters? Why would you do yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. The her exact quote from this is: "How could they commit such an atrocity? And against those who are supposedly they are insane. They must be stopped. I have to stop this." Right. It is at this point that the the urgency of the situation uh, makes Halsey move past any ethical or moral quandary she may have, even though they're still present, to say this has to be done. So, okay. Um, okay, one of the other things that was kind of key to this was secrecy. They had to have secrecy when in implementing this program. Um, they had done... a They'd actually done a pretty decent job with Orion and keeping things secret. This had to be even more so, especially with the whole idea of, okay, you're going to be using children. Well, parents aren't going to give them up, so you have to kidnap them. But if you kidnap a bunch of children, people are going to kind of notice. So how do you do this of a Flash clone? Um, now, some of it was um, some of it was Holly trying to wage her own guilt over this. And to try to give closure to the parents by having um, them die randomly later on because the flash clone didn't last very long. Yes, well, they weren't supposed to last very long. Right, the, there were some the, that didn't, or some that did. Oh, really? I thought they all yeah, died within like was, the first two. They years. were supposed to. They were supposed to. There yeah. was a there was a oh. couple that 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 was in uh, was it evolutions that you get the yes yeah, yeah. there's there's or, a couple that they. Oh, the Spartans later will go back home and, oh, hey, mm-hmm. there's a clone there that's, you know, I think the I think the one in particular was wheelchair bound. And then, yes, the, that the, was, and then the Spartan commits suicide. Uh, I think, no, actually. That, oh, no, no. no he, that one did not. No, yeah, that's That right, was that's Daisy. Right. Daisy. Daisy did yeah. not. Yes. Okay. That was Daisy 023. No, she didn't commit suicide, but she did return back to the program. Yeah. Another really good description of this would be... Um, would be, and I would recommend if people want to get an idea of impressions from the outer colonies on this, would be um, go listen to Hunt the Truth, which yes. was an audio podcast done by uh, um, Noah. There was a two season. Yeah, Noah. Um, Noah Iken. I can't remember who the person was, but it was um, Keegan Michael Key played mm-hmm. the main character um, in the first season and where he was doing interviews and was talking to people who quote unquote knew John um, and some of the descriptions like how he got sick right away or very real soon when he'd always been healthy and things. Um, those are the kind of, you know, like I said, the clones on average lasted about two weeks. Uh, another, another, another really good description of this is the opening chapter Tata, which is the third book in the Kilo five trilogy. I am not a big fan of that trilogy. 
mm-hmm. my own reasons. But that opening chapter, which talks about uh, Naomi kidnapping the after effects of her kidnapping against and her family, it's really really good. Um, it's on par. Travis does that on par with her on Human Weakness, which was in Halo Evans and talked about Cortana being tortured by the grave grave mind. Just amazing. I would story. really recommend. Yeah, I would recommend it if for to get kind of like the other perspective of uh, the parents. Those are the two things that I would say in the in the friends. Those are the two places I would recommend people look at. Um, <clears throat> and again, even even though she Halsey knew this was kind of necessary, she knew that there was no turning back from this. Um, so they went ahead, um, and she talked to Vice at at this point in time is now Vice Admiral Sanforth. To move forward on candidate procurement, as they called it. Um, it is also important to note something here. This plan was approved by all of the uh, senior council of ONI. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there was a lot oh. of people who knew what was going on. Oh, God. ONI. I. Mm. Oh no, no. I mean it's it's not a surprise yeah. what Oni does with no, this, but, but it's, it's still it's, just, it's, just, it's one of the, like the major contention points is like <sighs> it's like really, really you're gonna make that yeah. your scapegoat point? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. So um at this point in time the the pro the project actually had not been yet. It was still being called Orion Project Nation Two, which um Halsey never liked, frankly. It just was clunky of a name, <laughs> and it all, and it all. But the other part of it was it also rang back to what was seen as the a failure of a program. So, in looking at it, Halsey was always trying to find a program. Um, in the end, be, and because of the initial, um, the initial proposal was approved for the program, and there were three hundred candidates. As part of the, uh, because of that, she chose the name Spartan, um, mainly because of Thermopylae. Um, you know, they, and also about the training Spartans underwent, um, starting at the age of seven, mm-hmm. turning into fierce warriors and, you know, how they would inspect their own babies for health and, you know, discard those that weren't, but keep, you know, put the, the ones that were through serious training, which had parallels to what they, this program was going to do. But Halsey did realize that they wouldn't, uh, that they needed to have some respect paid to the the members of Orion since they made the groundwork for it. So therefore okay. it was named the Spartan two program. And that's um, where, that's where the Spartan two comes from. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Orions are sometimes called Spartan. They're officially known as Orion candidates, the Spartan twos. It's actually the Spartan program. And the, like I said, the two was added on as a nod to the Orions because it's not, it wasn't the first super soldier program. Okay. Um, again, in 2511, the program was originally 300 candidates. Due to funding cutbacks, this was come back to cut back to 150, and then by 2517, it was cut to 75. So, in the years prior to that, um, Oni would evaluate all of the 150 that they had authorization. Um, Halsey could not do this all by herself. A number of different uh, members of her team. Um, she did go out and uh to do some of them and any as most people will know she the one of her first stop was to the plan of Aridanus 2 to meet candidate 117 john um who 
was beating everyone up on a game of King of the Hill. Oh, God. <laughs> it's one of the best scenes ever. It's actually, it's actually really, the, the, both the, the Fall of Reach and the comic, the comic book adaptation of that mm-hmm. both do it really well. And those are the only ones out there that exist. Um, <laughs> there chat there was, chat, chat was asking about that. I was like, eh, it does okay. <laughs> okay. So in August of 2517, the kidnapper, the 75 kidnapper placed with clones. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all drugged, put in cryo, and taken to reach uh, to Fleet Con military, where they were briefed by Catherine Halsey, uh, Chief Petty Officer Franklin Mendes, AI, who was assisting um, Halsey in this uh, by the name of Deja, who was a dumb AI. Real quick, difference to a smart AI is one created from a human brain. A dumb AI is created from essentially just an electrical, like electrical impulses, and it's it's artif- it's truly artificial. It's there's no no organic basis basic in it. Also, a smart AI has an unlimited learning capacity until it gets about seven years old. Seven years, at which point in time, it essentially thinks itself to death. The memory fills up. Dumb AIs are experts in one very specific category: military history, uh, medical things of that nature. Deja was a dumb AI that that Halsey was using to help train the candidates. Um, during this meeting, uh, Deja had act- Deja had actually re- suggested maybe they should go ahead and see about brainwashing the children. Uh, Halsey overrode this, saying that she felt that lying to the children come back and hurt them. It was better to tell them the truth or as much of the truth that they could um, to because everything that had happened to them. You needed some to be, to lay some basis of trust. Um, and I'm going to read this. This is a quote from the Fall of Reach. This was her speech to the 75 candidates. As per Naval Code four five eight one two, name Spartan two. You have been called upon to serve. You will be trained, and you will become the best we can make of you. You will be the protectors of Earth and all. Of- this will be hard to understand, but you cannot return to your parents. This place will become your home. Fellow trainees will be your family now. Training will be difficult. There will be a great deal of hardship on the road ahead, but I know you will make it. Rest now. We begin tomorrow. So, um... That's from the... That's fall, that from reach. Fall of Reach. Fall of yeah, Reach. Fall of Reach. Okay. Um, as another side note, the Fall of... If you're looking... Like, the Fall of Reach is a great uh, resource for the the basic training of the Spartan 2s and kind of like the, the early early days of the Spartans. I mean, Halsey's Journal has a lot of great information on some of the stuff but the fall of reach is where you get most of like what they actually went through and and it also details some of the training um you know in essence you know other than the fact that they were kids and you know getting hit by stun batons their first day of basic training was not much different than my first day of basic training when i was in the yeah a lot of calisthenics a lot of running some classroom work and then you know essentially a competition um, and then, so again, they went through a bunch of calisthenics. Deja did some training with them and specifically met to discuss the Spartans at the, uh, and then at that point in time, they were taken to an obstacle course and divided into teams that would be their teams moving forward. And, um, the first team would win last team wouldn't eat for that day. <laughs> 
on no, the toast. I, no food. No food. Yes. Yes. Um, Nothing motivates like no food. Pretty much. Yeah. Eh, and yeah. Except except for the Spartans that were really good at stealing stuff. Yes. Which <laughs> all of them were actually. Uh, yeah. They were um, all scrappy oh, kids. It was. Oh my oh. gosh. This is all Fall of Reach. Like Fall of Reach is just like it's probably one of my favorite books. Oh yeah. It's and um just. I'll make one note on the training at this point in blue team together, the first iteration of blue team um, consisting of John one, one seven Kelly 087 and Sam 034. That was the original blue team. Um, They're paired off. Um, John took off on his own to, you had to run the obstacle course, then ring the bell. Um, He was, he took off there, but Sam and Kelly struggled and they ended up last. So even though John was first, his team ended up last, so they lost. Um, this, which was, you know, people look at, and even I do it at times, you kind of idolize uh, John and because you play him in games. But really, as a kid, he was a bit of a bully and a bit uh, <laughs> a bit of a arrogant kid um, that you kind of saw there. But that was broken. From, he, he was broken to that real um, so. And that was mostly thanks to Mendez, honestly. Yes. Most, most yep. of the reason that Spartan 2s have the attitude that they do is because of Mendez's involvement, uh, mm-hmm. which is another character you encounter in Hunt for the Truth, actually. Yes. Voiced by Stacy Keach. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah, it was. Okay. So that was their daily schedule. The, they got up early, calisthenics, classroom training, and then obstacle. They would have uh, all, all kinds of twists, like stun mines on the obstacle. You know, during drills, there'd be snipers with paint darts, and if you got shot, <laughs> you, you'd kind of be punished. Uh, they also did, uh, later on, they also did, uh, and this is something in the book as well, they went on wilderness training, and the way they did it was they handed out fragments of a map to all of the candidates, and then dropped them off individually, with the idea of, okay, you have to rally to a... Uh, I think it was a Condor dropship. Oh um, yeah, this one. The last one has to walk back. Oh gosh. So this is this is where you see John's growth, actually. Yes. Where he starts this, taking care of his team, or yes, uh, yeah, ta- yeah, pretty much. Team, all of the Spartans. Um, he doesn't just his he, team; he takes care. Of them. Yep. He uh, kind of initiates like as they're flying in. He's able to signal everyone. Says we're going to meet at head for this location, like the one big landmark. They all meet, they match their maps up. Some were duplicates, some weren't, and they start moving on towards the um the the condor. They get to the condor, it's no one in uniform and uh, no, it's not booby trapped. There was there Oh, were, that's right. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. This that was like, But you know, they did they weren't in uniform. They thought that maybe they had stolen a dropship or they were enemies and things of that nature. Um the soldiers there were there deliberately that way to try essentially to test the candidates, see what they would do. And uh, the candidates would lure one guy away. Kelly did because she was the fastest of them. Came across Sam, who was pretending he was her. And then the candidates jumped, um, jumped the single guy, jumped the guy and beat him up and <laughs> took his thumb baton. One of the things, one of the things that's mentioned in Fall of Reach for their training is they also talked about wolves and how wolves would bring down larger prey because they worked together as a pack. Um, they did this again, and essentially, essentially, they either they 
badly hurt everybody who was guarding that pelican or the condor. And then um, John contacted Deja, who was able to explain how to get the pilot to return. And it's important to note that John had everyone file on board, and he was the last person yep. to get on board. They go back. He's He ends up getting uh, – he's in Mendez's office with Halsey there, you know, exp- trying to explain his actions. And uh, when Mendez and Halsey um, go to talk, they said, what are we going to do about him? And they said, vote him. And this, he was the first one actually to be granted the rank of petty officer. Nice. So um, I'm going to – okay. So throughout their training, um, there were a lot of talk – there was a lot of talk about who was the Spartan program. Uh, Kurt was named Jerome Kurt 051, who would eventually be uh, put in charge of the Spartan 3 program. Jerome 092, who, is the, who if you play Halo Wars, he's one of the Spartans on Red Team in Halo Wars. And Fred 104, which, yeah. And then, and of course, you know, no surprise, Halsey cho- had John as leader. That's what it is. So um, their training would intensify. They train I'm sorry, Green, if you did you were you gonna say something? Uh I was just gonna have you repeat that last little bit because you cut out one more time. Oh, I'm sorry about that. So um like I said, there were there were a number of Spartan they all there were debates on who would be the Spartan. Halsey, of course, had John in mind, although Kurt, Jerome, and Fred were all named as mm-hmm. potential leaders. Uh and all of them would lead um Spartan teams on their own, uh, within Halo lore. Um, yeah, Fred even actually led Blue Team. Yep, yep, that he did. Uh, Fred, while John throughout when throughout the span of the actual games, Fred and Fred, Linda, and Kelly formed Blue Team and worked with who's. Kurt was um, had his death faked, and he was the one who was put in charge of their training. And Jerome actually was leader of Red Team, um, the one that is with. Um, Spirit of Fire uh, mm-hmm. for those for anyone who plays Halo Wars. Um, so at the age of fourteen, um, all the candidates participated in the Aster augmentation. So the actual augmentations that they went through. Sorry, I'm just trying to find where I have the list of augmentations that the Spartan Twos went through. Oh yeah, the massive list of. Well, and real yeah. quick, while while you're looking that up too, this is the this is the experimentations that Halsey had requested advice from a friend on, mm-hmm. and she she um she disguised the request as a theoretical, and I can't remember did she say monkeys or did she say human? I want to say she she didn't even Bonobo say humans, but no, yeah, okay, bonobos, Bonobo um, and like even her her her. Uh, I keep wanting to say in companion, but her uh, her co-thinker, God, man, I just blanked on the word that I need to use there. Her peer, God, um, even yeah. he was like, this is a, this is like, this is dangerous. You really, I'm really glad this is just theoretical and you're not actually thinking of doing this. Like, and that was when he thought it was with monkeys. So yeah, it was, this was, this round of experimentations was, yeah, or augmentations, I guess. Mm-hmm. I kind of threw the link in chat so look at it because there's a lot of information here. They did um, occipital capillary uh, reversal carb, which was um, which was for visual processing. Uh, you know, essentially make make their vision sharper, um, more sensitive. Um, the risk 
on that was you could the subjects could face retinal rejection blindness. Um, there was carbide ceramic ossification, which is advanced ceramic materials are grafted onto the skeleton. Um, kind of, think um, kind of in the way that Wolverine got his adamantium, mm-hmm. maybe not quite that far. Um, uh, it's pretty accurate though, because that's also yeah. why the Spartan twos are so much bigger. Mm-hmm. They had their no. they had their skeletal structure pretty much broken down and then reconfigured for right. lack of a better example. So I mean, there was with that there was chances of bone pulverization with that. They had a thyroid implant um, that would be essentially release human growth hormone to boost growth of skeletal and tissues. Um, there was a chance of elephantiasis, and it would suppress uh, sexual drive in them. There was um, a number of muscular enhancements, um, growth hormones, protein complexes to increase muscle strength and density. And, um, there was a chance of fatal cardiac uh, arrest from that. And then uh, superconducting fabrication of dendrites, which essentially is something to enhance the reflexes by 300%. Um, some of the subjects would could contact, but the risk was you could contact, contract Parkinson's disease um, from that. So of the 75 um, that actually underwent, uh, underwent the, uh, the augmentation, 33 came out of it as um, able to continue serving. The others either exceedingly deformed or died um, or essentially rejected augmentation. Um, now, some of them now in the um, in the book Fall of Reach, there's a memorial service where the caskets are launched out in space. But it ended up that that for some of those that didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Um, those that had died, quote unquote, had died were being held in stasis to um, learn from, you know, well, not not learn from, but try to rehabilitate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there were some, but there some of the ones that died. They also kept for research purposes yes, to see what yeah, had gone I wrong. Because there was right uh, what's her face from Hunt the Truth was one of the ones that they tried to rehabilitate. Yes, well, no, Ilsa Zane. She was a Spartan. Oh no, yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the one that was um, the intelligence officer one that he had his body like completely destroyed. Oh, that was, was like, uh, Fahad. Yes. He, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, well, he had, he had contracted essentially Parkinson's because of it. Um, the, the, because he was shaking so bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, black team, um, was one that was totally rehabilitated by Oni. Um, Saren Osman is actually, who is now head of Oni. Um, she was actually Saren's, um, she, um, her body rejected the augmentations and she was rehabilitated under the eye of then head of owner, Margaret Parangoski to kind of become a uh, protege. Was such a stand-up person. Oh yeah. She's a lovely person. <laughs> Not going there. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Just needless. Let me just for, for everyone listening or in chat, Margaret Parangoski is, again, she was head of ONI, so this whole project was, she approved it. Um, she had a lot of conflict. She disliked Catherine Halsey quite a bit. 
Um, but Halsey was kind of protected. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you read, um, the Kilo five trilogy, um, you'll get a definite feel Parangoski. And also actually, if you read, uh, ghost Simonics in that opening scene, they talk about the creation of the Spartan three program. And Parangoski is in, in that conversation. Um, her hands are stained with the same blood as Halsey, uh, but she kind of doesn't get any blame, which, yeah, that I have an issue with. So, um, back to the Spartan twos. <laughs> After the augmentations, um, yeah. After the Spartan twos, uh, they were, um, so after Project Aster, yeah. Yes, after Project Aster, they were, uh, okay, and this is, you know, they were uh, put to rehab, uh, and I can't find the name of the ship right now, and you kind of get a, there's a great scene in in that in that part of the novel that describes, you know, the augmentation and how, from John's point of view, how things seem off, things seem low. Um, you know, he took a, it's like he, he took the, he was in a weight room and like weights didn't seem right. He, um, he had to up the, the, the amount to be able to get, you know, to get the same feel, the same kind of workout. Um, he noticed things seemed to be moving slower. So he took a pin out of a, uh, out of a dumbbell set or a barbell set and held it at like one meter above the, the deck and dropped it at one G and timed it and, and figured out, okay, is gravity actually working properly? And it was. Mind you, he did this all in his head. Um, so uh, they went through a number of, they did a number of, they went through a, a bunch of additional training. Um, there was a point in time that their augmentations had gotten, all the Spartans could um, run about 55 miles an hour with Kelly 087 actually moving faster than that, but she was always one of the fastest Spartans. Um, they could lift like three times their body weight <laughs> uh, without any aid of any kind of exoskeleton. Um, it wasn't long after their um, their augmentation that they were, they moved into the, tit- the abandoned titanium mines in Reach mm-hmm. for their training because they were so overpowered that they would easily defeat the trainers. And I think they may have actually killed one, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, well, I know that one of them it, killed him or one of them died because of the suits. No, no, that wasn't a trainer. That was something. Was a, oh, okay. Was, was, a was, that, was that just a tech? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, yep, yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the Spartan, Spartan twos had gotten so strong that their trainers had to use exoskeletons with uh, stun rounds uh, in like Gatling gun type thing, play capture the flag. Um, And it's great because the Spartans would go out and like do their own, like steal the equipment that they need to win, like the sneak suits, um, cables, all this other stuff. They could, you know, they could actually dent the exoskeleton by hitting it. They were that strong. Um, so the after that, um, with their training, um, they initially had been developed to fight the insurrectionists. But it was not long after that the Covenant hit Reach, or Covenant hit Harvest. Harvest, yeah. Uh, yeah, Harvest. And so their training, they everything was accelerated to um, 
fight this new uh, enemy. Um, but the Spartans' actual first mission was back to John's old stomping um, to do, to kidnap um, a rebel leader by the name of uh, Watts, <laughs> who had defected um, sometime uh, like like in the I can't even remember how long, but he had defected. Um, and you know they and John picked um, six team members: Linda, Kelly, Fred, being uh, three of them. Um, they, uh, the rebels were hidden in base in an asteroid. They took a, they snuck their way on freighter, freighter that was going, um, to there. Um, they had, they hid in the, like the water storage location, um, popped their way out and dressed in just essentially a, like they had special suits. They did not have their, they were in special Oni, uh, sneak suits. Um, covered up by just mechanics, um, cumrolls, and they snuck in. Um, they found Watts, had a major shootout, and kidnapped him and got away, with the only injury being John, who was shot in the ribs. Uh, so um, it wasn't long after that that um, one of the other things that Halsey was, was the, uh, the Mjolnir armor was a, a set of armor that, had an undersuit and then an oversuit. Um, the undersuit was electrically charged to enhance muscle strength. Um, and again, there was other armor over it as well. It was uh, it was all designed to help enhance the Spartans' already abilities, give them a full heads-up display, allow them to be um, totally sealed off, and either whether it's from the vacuum of space or underwater, despite the fact that if you get two, you walk two feet in a water in any Halo <laughs> game, you die. Um, yeah, fall from space, no problem. Step in two feet of water, die. Okay. Um, so let's see here. Yeah. Okay. Here. So here it is. Um, it's Mjolnir was a powered exoskeleton. Um, again, just to be able to enhance, take care of all of the uh, uh, to enhance the physical capabilities of a spark. The initial um, armor. Was that was given to the Spartan twos was at the Damascus te- Materials Testing Facility, which was in on Triceti Four. Um, the Spartan twos, um, along with Catherine Halsey, had traveled there on a sea destroyer um, um, to go there and uh, get their Mjolnir. Uh, they ran across Covenant ship. They did battle. And the UNSC um, UNSC sh- t- ship took a lot of damage, so they did a kind of like a flyby and dropped the Spartans down. They got them and they um, fitted them with their with their Mjolnir armor. Now Mjolnir armor said it was designed to enhance the um, the Spartans' capabilities. Now um, one of the scenes that it's, that it's graphic in in every iteration I've seen it in is kind of graphic was a testing video that they showed of having a volunteer go into the Mjolnir armor and try to move. Well, it reacted so much that it um, that the slightest movement caused him caused the, the armor to move, which didn't started you, breaking bones. Yeah, like didn't you break his arm doing it? Yeah. Oh, he um, broke more than his more, arm. More than that, it essentially killed him because um, it started off with a broken arm, but his reaction to it caused the armor to keep reacting. Mm-hmm. Oh God. 
Yeah, he so, basically he yes. basically broke himself down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, it's at this point, and this was in, um, and it was at this point that the Spartans um, actually had their first casualty. Yeah. Um, to to get away from the in fighting the Covenant ship, um, the UNSC ship had taken a lot of damage, but it had damaged the Covenant ship with its Mac Mac gun. Um, so the Spartans all went EVA, uh, they, from the Pelican, they took the missiles from the Pelican dropship and used the integrated thrusters to board the, uh, Covenant ship. Um, it was John, Kelly, and Sam and Rip Sam. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so. Um, it was John. It's so bad. It's Sam. Sam feels so bad for Sam. What it, what happened was they were moving their way through towards the reactor, and they came across jackals for the first time. And um, one of them charged up a plasma shot, and it would have hit John if Sam wouldn't have knocked him out of the way. Well, the problem is when that happened, it breached Sam's armor. So, and with breached armor, he would never survive in the vacuum. So. John was forced to order him to stay behind and that, de- de- you know, to, to protect the, the missile heads. So they, so the covenant wouldn't dis- disable them. It destroyed the entire ship. Um, and Sam was declared Sam was, MIA. Yes. Because Spartans don't die. Mm-hmm. As so this was, again, this was like the, this was the first, uh, that was the first instance of combat with Spartan twos. Um, it was widely held that, Spartan twos could hold their own and were a force multiplier of a, a, a massive force multiplier, even when paired with normal Marines or army um, to the point where they could defeat the covenant on the ground. The only thing they couldn't do is defeat them in space. And the, the covenant fleet had a massive, a massive advantage. Um, so now in, you know, there were only 33 Spartans and eventually Casualties started them out. Um, there was um, Cal one three one. She died in a in a mission with her and to assassinate a, uh, a prophet. Um, anyone who um, has seen the clip of uh, the uh, the babysitter um, from uh, Halo Legends um, that was actually one of the better stories. That's one there, and then also. Um, I can't remember right now. I can't think, find the name, but um, also as a, a Spartan died protecting Catherine Halsey before she was captured by the Covenant. Um, mm, yeah. Later, um, res- later rescued by, uh, um, uh, by John. Osiris. Or no, was it Team Osiris no. that rescued? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, you're right, you're right. No, 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 yeah, no. Um, okay, so it was during this time that um, Oni wanted to, like I said, Catherine Halsey had rubbed a lot of people at Oni the wrong way. Um, <clears throat> she was brilliant. She, the Spartan two program was a success, but there were people who realized that they weren't enough. Um, so a lot of the senior members of Oni, uh, Colonel Ackerson, Mark Parangoski, and a few others met to essentially form the basis of the, um, Spartan three program. Um, they were not going to, uh, and now, now one thing. Halsey had planned a like a second wave of Spartan twos, but um, at that point in time, population had dropped much. They barely, they really couldn't, they really didn't have enough 
people. And also the funding was the, the cost of the Spartan II program was astronomical. Um, the cost of a Mjolnir, a suit of Mjolnir armor was the equivalent of a destroyer in the UNSC. So everything was really expensive. So obviously Oni and UNSC wanted to make, you know, they wanted the Spartans, but they didn't want to spend as much. Hence the Spartan III program. Um, Spartan III program was, like I said, was one that was uh, really, the idea came up with Colonel James Ackerson. Um, it was, um, again, approved by Perangoski with the whole, you know, they would loosen up the genetic, the tight genetic markers that uh, Halsey had set, and they wouldn't kidnap kids. Mm-hmm. They would go to um, orphans, and uh, you know, of the same time, uh, of the same age range of like four to eight, um, to um, to ask them to volunteer, um, and and the idea was they were supposed to be cheaper. And more expendable, they would be sent on extremely high risk, yeah, high em- risk missions. Emphasis on the to, expendable piece. Yes. Um, now the lead um, lead trainer on this was zero five one. Oni had arranged an accident to make him seem he had died on a mission, but he was um, he was actually put in charge along with Mendez of training the Spartan threes. Now. Um, then there ended up being three companies of Spartan threes: Alpha, Beta, and Gamma. Um, Alpha. Um, so, like I said, the whole the whole idea was to make them faster and cheaper. Um, you know, Kurt, who had been given the name Ambrose by uh, to hide that he was a Spartan two. Um, they had four hundred ninety seven candidates, and three hundred became Spartans. Um, they saw action on a number of cities, uh, a number of planets. Um, and they were eventually um, deployed on an operation called Prometheus um, to destroy a Covenant shipyard. Um, during that action, all 300 Spartans were just, were killed. Um, they essentially were just overwhelmed. Um, now, one of the things about the Spartan Threes was um, Ambrose and Mendez um, had, uh, th- there still were genetic markers, they were lo- but they were just looser. But those that actually fit the markers that Catherine Halsey had originally set aside, those Spartans had been extracted from the general population of Alpha Company and also from the other companies with the idea of um, not wasting them mm-hmm. to, to save them. Um, now, the other, difference, the other difference between the Spartan 2s and the 3s, Spartan 2s, again, had Mjolnir armor. Spartan 3s were given SPI armor, which is semi-powered infiltration armor. Um, they were not augmented. They were, I mean, they were there for sneaking, but they really didn't get any of the the benefits. Um, it was like comparing a tank to a suit of cardboard. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I mean, the fact that they, you know, three three hundred of the Alpha team did do a lot, and the destruction of the shipyard was important. But but the fact that you lost all of them mm-hmm. for that. Now, those had been pulled aside. Um, they were ones who, again, um, from those people who played Halo Reach, Noble Team. Noble mm-hmm. Team, essentially, all, all the members of Noble Team were those that would have met the genetic criteria that Halsey originally set aside. Those are the ones that were put as special, t- they were uh, given special duties, um, headhunters, 
um, where the, you know, going after specific um, covenant threats and other teams like that. Um, Beta Company was approved um, right after Operation Prometheus. Um, there were 418 candidates, um, again, about 300. Um, Ambrose did a tougher training program for this, um, but despite everything, in an operation known as Torpedo, um, 298, the 300 died with only two surviving, uh, Tom B-292 and Lucy B-091. Um, so, again, um, they accomplished a lot, but they, it was, you know, the fact that they, sorry about that, sorry about that noise there, uh, but the fact that they weren't, um, they essentially weren't equipped like a Spartan would be equipped, essentially made them more vulnerable. Yeah, they so, kind of were put into the field with a disability. Kind of, yeah. And then comes Gamma Company. Yay. The thing <laughs> with Gamma, kind of, it's kind of the same thing, but they were, at this point in time, the UNSC was really starting, they were losing. So they needed to get teams in the field quickly. Alpha and Beta, yes, they were conscripted young, but they were going ahead and pretty much allowed to, as they, when they hit their preteen, when they hit like 13, 14, that's when they were given their augmentation. Gamma Company was a little different. There were 330 candidates. All of them were approved, um, and all of them were underwent augmentation. The difference with Gamma Company, though, was that um, puberty was artificially induced for them, essentially making them old enough to do the augmentation sooner, even though most of them were still not, they weren't even preteens, or, 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 or I'm sorry, they were in their preteens. In addition to the normal augmentation, the Spartan 3s underwent the same augmentation as the I meant to say that earlier, I'm sorry. Uh, the difference the difference is, is that medical had given them, so all of them could survive. The other difference was there was a series of augmentations given to um, those members of Gamma Company um, that were straight up illegal. Um, there was a mutagen given to them, which their aggression strengthened and, um, intolerance to injury under, um, so essentially as they went into combat and as they, they would fight harder, um, Uppers. yes, pretty much in, um, in the book last light, um, one of them, w one of the, uh, actually had both legs broken and he was still fighting. Um, now the problem is, the problem is is because under any measure of stress the subject the members of gamma could react so they actually had to keep they had to take antipsychotic and bipolarization drugs known as smoothers so yeah they were given this stuff a normal well and there was then I think it was legends where you had the two gammas who were stuck and they didn't have their smoothers no, no, no. That, that in Halo Legends, that? that 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 was headhunter. That you're Head, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Headhunters. The the, the headhunters were part of the Spartan twos, Spartan threes that actually fit within the genetic material because they those no because there was armor. It wasn't. No, they it wasn't the headhunters. It was the ones that got stuck in the cave. I have to. I'm gonna have to go. I have to look that one up again. Maybe. Yeah, because it was part of. They were part of Gamma Company, and they got like they got separated. Oh, okay. Basically, yeah. And they didn't okay, have their smoothers, yeah. and it was like <laughs> they were slowly unraveling, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I'm kind of going over. I'm kind of hitting this part quickly because we still I do want to get into this wars a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's 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 the fact the Spartan three. If 
one of the debates that's out there is which one's worse, the Spartan two or the Spartan three. I and and if you look at everything, I mean, the augmentations are still the same. Everything, the training was still the same. They were still young children. Um, Spartan twos, yes, they were kidnapped. Spartan threes were um, orphans that were that volunteered. But I have a dis. I mean, everything that I've read, a six-year-old cannot make that kind of decision. So to me, the Spartan twos were kidnapped. The Spartan threes were coerced, and which makes it which kind of start which. I mean, both neither are neither are good, right? But the fact that um, the Spartan threes were put together essentially as expendable, um, and I would argue that even though they couldn't give them meal, probably could have given them something more than SPI, um, and had them last longer. I, I still think the Spartan three program, especially if it happened with Gamma, um, those additional drugs, which essentially were hor- that just that just tips it from. So, um, well, my problem with the Spartan threes was like you were saying, they were like from the ground up designed to throw aways. Like, yeah. And, and um, that's, that's for me is where it kind of is like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like Spartan twos mm-hmm. is not, it's not, there's the bar is not high by any means no. to the year, but Eckers. So, yeah. And then, um, and then you have the Spartan four program, the Spartan. And was actually created by a Spartan two washout, uh, Musa zero nine six, um, who essentially made Spartans on his own. He found funding and just created Spartans because he felt that the UNSC needed Spartans. Um, they kind of went back to the, um, the Orion model where they got volunteers, um, who had been in the service and then, I mean, they tested them and then, um, went through augmentation. Now, the other thing is, the thing to remember is the Spartan augmentations are nowhere near what the twos and threes went through um, because they're, they took the genetic factor out of it. Um, but what kind of uh, makes up for it is the Mjolnir Gen 2 armor um, is better than the Mjolnir Gen 1 that was worn by the twos and some of them. Um, and I, I, can, I hope I get this right. Um, one of the guys I know uh, from the Halo community actually interviewed Frank O'Connor one time, and the discussion came, well, could a Spartan 4 beat a Spartan 2? <laughs> I remember this. Now, in armor, if you have a Spartan 2 in the Gen 1 Mjolnir and a Spartan 4 in their Gen 1 Mjolnir, they're even. Outside of the armor, they're still fairly even but the because of the training and everything, but the experience of a Spartan 2 would advantage. Now. I, I really hope I said that right. I believe that's correct. Um, I will try to dig up a link to that interview and get that. That sounds right because, like, clear. that was where wasn't that where he also compared the Spartan the Spartan twos are like tanks and the Spartan fours are more like um, I can't remember what vehicle, but he's like I can't. No, nah, they, they yeah. I mean, um, it's hard to I can't remember the specifics behind that, and I'm I'm sorry, but I mean, this has been that was something that gone back and forth a ton. Um, you know who would win between a Spartan two and a Spartan? Mm-hmm. Now, if they're in, if they're both in their armor, they're going to be equal, right? Um, and, and you know, outside of armor, it would come down to the experience of the Spartan two, which would give them the advantage. Um, and and you know, again, with with the Spartan, um, they don't. I mean, you still have some of the problems that you had with Ryan. You have sympathizers with those that are enemies against um, 
the UNSC. Um, that was seen in the Escalation comics, where um, you had Spartan fours that were trained that were actually sympathizers with uh, the insurrectionists. Um, you had some that were given drugs and gone insane. Um, the one specific that I know of is Ilsa Zane, who mm-hmm. was a was actually one of the first candidates for program, and given some more experimental stuff that so she could be heavily she she wouldn't need Mjolnir armor. Um, that didn't turn out well. Um, she also she also appears in uh, in Halo Initiation, appears in season, um, which both of which I think are are worth a read. Um, so and, and also with the Spartan. There's a lot of negative around them because they have. I know uh, they've been called Spartan Bros before. Um, <laughs> anyone who's played Halo, <laughs> excuse me, and seen the intro, um, Majestic, that team, it, yeah, you know, they're the banter that's there and all this other stuff. It's it's not a surprise for anyone who's been in the middle that kind of banter. But <clears throat> I know a lot of people think that it's misplaced with Spartans um, to the point that some have said they shouldn't be called Spartans. Um, you know, okay, slight plug. I know that someplace on the FFC is a Halo article I wrote. <laughs> you should go read it. It's, um, the Spartan Force, they're Spartans. They underwent the training. They, they serve the same role as the Spartans 2s did, the, as the Ryan did, and yeah, even as the 3s. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, so right now the Spartan 4s are every bit as equivalent or, or as much as anyone else before that. So um, I know that was kind of rushed, but that's kind of the quick and dirty of it. Um, I could probably go on for another few hours <laughs> with this. <laughs> nice. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It sounds like you should write another article about it. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. I, I do actually have one, not specifically for Spartans, but, you know, um, yes, it's probably going to be on Halsey. <laughs> Yes, because acceptable. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, how long is that article going to end up being, Pens? It probably will never end. <laughs> <laughs> article? He's going to make a forum. What are you talking it's about? It's a book. It's a whole book. <laughs> the yeah, first I book mean, of Focus Fire Chat. It's um, yeah. I mean, there there are you know just in general, um, and I know we talked about Spartans, but in general, um, one of the best characters I have ever best and interest, most interesting character I've ever come across in gaming is Catherine Halsey. Uh, the closest, the only other one that I would probably put in that same category as Halsey is from a from a perspective of whether you like them or not, it is an interesting character. Their story is interesting. Everything about them. Um, you don't have to agree with what they're doing or what they did, but if you if you listen to the law, if you, if you pay attention to the logic of why they did what they did, you know, it's like Okay, I can accept that. Still don't like you, or maybe I do like you, but you know, Halsey is to me is like I said. There's only one other character that's even close to matching, uh, just from a straight up interest and overall impact in, in that universe. Um, there's not much you can do in going back to Halsey. This was a story about Spartans, and we're talking about Halsey, or this was a show on Spartans, and we're talking about Halsey. Um, she's just an ultimately interesting character. Well, and she's just so she ingrained is. with everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and actually, that's also one of the harder things for people. One of the more difficult things for people to get into the Halo lore 
is it is so deep. It is, is so dense. And you can't you can't like jump in without talking about Halsey. And I mean that's difficult for some people, but um if you stick with it it is I mean, everything about it is just really interesting. And that's all I got for right now. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, let's go let's run through some shout outs real quick and so who who what do you, what shout outs you got for us? Um I'm gonna give it you know Whenever I'm talking Halo, um, you know, Halo Fan for Life, which is my Spark company, Podtacular. Um, if you want to go someplace for general Halo news, uh, Podtacular is great. Um, Halo Lore, if you re- want want people who really, really know it, um, you know, Halo Canon on YouTube. They're, those three are some of the best uh, groups that I know in the Halo, uh, in the Halo community. Um, and also, you know, uh, to you guys, uh, FFC, um, I'm actually blown away that there's been f- that Halo has appeared four times on on there, and it's been voted on. Mm-hmm. Done this time. I I don't know why, but thank you. Giving yeah, <laughs> that's something that I really enjoy. Um, at you know, on a whim, when I whenever it came up again, I took a look and it's like, okay, there's been thirty. Uh, at the time, I think it was there's thirty four, and it's like, okay, so. We're averaging about every eight and a half sh- every eight and a half extra lore shows. Halo is going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we now. okay, but I mean, we like we obviously Bungie for one did a, a good job writing this. Obviously, but there's also we enjoy hearing you talk about it. We enjoy so many things about this this interesting. In morally questionable world. Yes. Yep. So it's just it's good to have you come back multiple times and explain different aspects and go through the story over and over because there are a lot of outside of materials from outside of the game. Like I read the books, but I never touched the comic books. But I also didn't ever touch any of the mobile games or the the um, turn based games that are out there now. So it's like yeah. I don't know any of the extra stuff that's kind of added to it now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's um Halo Halo's my Star Wars. Um before they totally dumped the well, if you count the legends of Star Wars, you know, that's kind of where what Halo is uh to me. It's just I just love it. And I just I really appreciate you guys having me on to uh to talk about it. So no, we appreciate you being here and being willing mm-hmm. to jump on. Uh, Green, what about you? What do you have this week? Um, my shout outs are to the fact that Guardian Con is 152 days away. <laughs> I may I'm... have a countdown for two things on my phone. My sister's <laughs> wedding and Guardian Con. Uh, I need to book my flight. Yeah, I need to as well. That's the and... yep, I'm right there with you guys. That's the, that's the <laughs> yep. one thing that I have left. Yep. So that is shout out to anybody who is even considering going to Guardian Con. Um, it's a blast. Even if you're like not a big convention fan, it's fun just going and hanging out with everybody and talking and seeing all the different artists and talking to all the different artists. So if you're considering it, I would suggest maybe figuring out a way to do it because it, it's worth it. I may have been hooked the first year going out there, even though my wife was not very happy about the whole thing because <laughs> she she's not a convention person. Well, to be fair, I'm not a convention person. 
but yeah. I mean, I I enjoy it. It's you, it's just you enjoy nice. video games, though. My wife doesn't. Right? No, no, no. And that's and that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like you know, it's just the Destiny community as a whole. Like, and it's it's definitely grown beyond Destiny. Uh, you know, last. I think last year's was oh, the yeah. first one that it was like this is obviously not this is obviously not not just Destiny anymore, which is a hundred percent awesome. I I love that um, branching but I mean, out. But I think also like the the core personality of the Destiny community is what is still definitely there, and that's a you know that community the, the Destiny community has always been like really um, accepting. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's something that is not the case with some conventions, but I mean, there are, it seems like every community has its click, mm-hmm. right? right? Like you have your negative clicks and your positive clicks and each community and destiny is by all honesty, no different than any other community. But the thing that it seems to overcome is that it doesn't rip apart their community. Like yeah. they don't, they may be negative about things, but generally there's not people just being complete and utter jerks right generally so i don't know that's my two cents on that matter no i i, I agree completely. that's one of the reasons yeah. i i really appreciate being around the destiny community is that the differences of opinions that normally in 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 the internet will get you yelled and screamed at it's i mean you might get yelled at but you won't like it's it's not i don't know it's not as toxic as some other some other communities that i've witnessed by any stretch of the uh, speaking actually speaking of uh other communities i did want to give a big shout out to uh halo halopedia and um oh, I the just halo, bl- Na- halo nation, halo nation. Halo. because yeah. halo they are merging or well, nice they, are they the, they're still voting they're, they're right? voting to, they're voting for, the, the idea was at one point halopedia was a part of halo nation um, right they split right. off um the the halo halo nation which is known as the halo um, it, I mean, it had lore stuff and it had a lot of communities. Halo definitely more. Um, the content there was pretty much the same across the board. And then, um, even though they split, they were still very supportive of each other. Uh, but just the situation as things to possibly merge back together. Um, there are some, there's some stuff that they're questioning about, you know, you know, admins and things like that, which are more. Well, my understanding stuff. was the the hosting site for Halo Nation also was kind of muscling, oh, yeah. Yeah, muscling was, stuff in that they didn't necessarily. Agree. If anyone the the uh, the hosting site and the hosting service Halo Nation that format, there's a ton of ads. There's a ton of stuff that pops up on the page. It makes it real hard to scroll through. Um, right. The the formatting used by Halo Halopedia is one that I like. More. Um, it's, it seems cleaner. It's easier to scroll up and down on. That's just personal preference. the the uh, The data is the same between the two, and the people who are on on it, whether they're on Halo Nation or you do good, do great work. Um, I just personally hate the fact that as I'm trying to read an article, this ad keeps popping up and taking me back to the top of the page. Mm. Right, and I, I know I know that was a big big point on the mm-hmm. the article that I had. I think it was earlier last week. I think. They were, they were wrapping up the voting, but I mean, yeah, big they, shout they, out to them because yeah. that's that's awesome that they're trying to you know start trying to merge merge back into just having the one one source for those of us who 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 are interested but aren't like super admins on you know all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think that's I think that's everything I had. Uh, you know, looking forward to 
looking forward to Guardian Con, of course. Um, we have a lot of stuff in between now and then, but you know, we'll still be here uh, as always. We'll see you guys next week, and I think we're going to stick around for a little bit of the after show. Uh, so, yeah. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.